Welcome to I Have HIV, a podcast dedicated for people living with HIV, their friends, and family. A Pause Impact and Antonio T. Smith Jr. production. Welcome to I Have HIV. We are currently still living in a pandemic with HIV. HIV has not gone anywhere since the 80s. And we have to bring it to the front. We need to reach zero new transmission. And the only day, and the only way that we'll be able to achieve this is by bringing it back to the forefront of um, the community and, and bringing it to, bringing different voices of the community and making sure that this, this while this disease is very manage, manageable, and it's not curable. So what we need to do is we need to prevent it from happening. And there's several new drugs that are out there. And we're going to be talking about what PrEP is, what um, all these um, different medications that are out there now that you can control. You can take it to prevent 99%. Um, you will basically have a 99% um, chance of not getting HIV. It's effectiveness is 99.9%. And so nothing in life is more than 99%. And so I am I am living with HIV is very important because right now no one's talking about what HIV is. And no one's really discussing, yes, we know that it's out there. Yes, we know that there's, that our black and brown brothers and sisters are dying from this. Our trans community is affected, our LGBT people are more affected, you know, we have to bring back the conversation to the community and have the community be involved in the conversation. Antonio T. Smith Jr. I am running for president of the United States, making a lot of noise. They keep trying to hate on the brother though. That's all right. <laughs> They've been trying to do that. You know, gotta, so it's a money game. So we working on that money issue. Other than that, I've had a lot of success in business, and I like beer. I think that's good. <laughs> nice. So what made you run for 2020 as a 2020 candidate, not previously? Did you Have you run previously before? No, never did ran. You, did you just decide that this was a year that you were going to step up to the plate? Neither. To be honest with you, I graduated in 2000. I wrote a letter to myself that said, hey, loser, whatever you're doing, unloser yourself and make sure you run for president. So I did that and I figured now is the time because I have a, I have two big passions. One is to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far, so I'm far away from my goal, but I'm on the path of 100,000. And I really wanna raise the collective consciousness of this world because and we got a lot of work to do. So that's what made me decide right now. I'm not Democrat. I'm not Republican because both sides are guilty. But I'll let you ask that question. All right. So let's go, let's go ahead and go around the room and introduce ourselves. You want to start with yeah, Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. You are You are my special guest. You, you brought in your crew with you. So go ahead and, and introduce yourself as well as your crew and what you guys are up to. You guys have a lot of things going on in the community, especially with HIV. 
So this is really, you know, I, I was super excited when you decided, when you contacted me and you were like, hey, can we come on my, on your show? I was like, yes, please <laughs> do it. <laughs> this is amazing. So I am uh, Ian L. Haddock. Good. Uh, yeah, we're good. Okay, good. So I am Ian L. Haddock. I am the executive director of the Normal Anomaly Initiative, um, and we uh, executive produce Outcry, the docuseries. Um, Outcry, the docuseries is the oh, second. Okay, you have it plugged in there. Um, the second iteration of Outcry. The first iteration is on Amazon Prime Video currently, nice. um, and it's doing well there. Uh, this iteration is really special. It's looking at the church's relationship, the church's relationship with um, with sexuality as it relates to HIV, mental health, trauma, um, substance use, all of the effects of the trauma of the Black Christian Church on the LGBT community and those living with HIV. And so um, we are premiering it. Um, on September 12th, like you said, it's at 7 p.m. Make sure you're there early because though I'm black, I'm on time. Um, <laughs> but um, but it is a sold out event. We're super, super duper excited about it. So I brought a couple people here with me um, that are both a part of the board of the Normal Anomaly Initiative and they are also uh, the cast of Outcry, the docuseries. So we can just go around my peoples and introduce ourselves. Yes, that would be awesome. Go ahead. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Nathan Maxey. I'm Tanya Capri. I'm Kimberly Nicole. Well, what do you guys do with the, the part of the group? You guys are also here as well too, I know that, but yeah. it, it should be, I, did you? We've got a lot of people in the interview. Y'all know how this goes. They're all up. Should be. I'm talking. I'm talking too. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Okay. I am Kimberly Nicole. I am a program management assistant for the Normal Anomaly, as well as I work alongside in on the real gag, as well as I am a part of the docu series. I saw that. That's that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Um, I was really. I, I haven't seen it on Amazon. I thought I didn't know it was, there's a two-part series, so I'm really looking forward to making sure I see the first one, so that I can be up to date with the second one. So, what made you decide to do this documentary series? I mean, what what was the inspiration? So I'm a I, I consider myself a church queen. I say that very proudly. Um, <laughs> I love everything about the Black Christian Church, except for except for how it treats the people that go, um, and so. I have been really passionate about like what does it look like to heal from a place that is supposed to give you healing. And so as I moved through this work, what I realized is that people that look like me, people that love like me, we all have these experiences, but the church has in a lot of ways silenced us. And so what happens is we have people that can never attain true healing because they are not accepted into the place that is supposed to be the hospital for uh, our community. Uh, the black church is the place where we have went um, 
for centuries. It's the first place that we actually own, black people own, right? But um, it's the first place that I was disowned. <laughs> and so just looking through what that looked like um, and compiling the stories of people, uh, we reached out to uh, AIDS United originally uh, with this idea. And AIDS United gave us some seed money to do a pilot. And so the pilot was supposed to be just raw footage um, that we went around and tried to get more funding for. And that pilot turned into an actual series where we got funding from AIDS United, uh, the Gilead Compass Initiative, along with University of Texas at Austin. And so um, what started out as a mere essay <laughs> yeah. um, has turned into a complete series. Wow, that's, that's so amazing that the vision behind it, and I'm so excited that you know that this is coming up to light because I am I am not a church person. I'll, I'll get that out there, mm -hmm. but um, just because I think it's they don't treat us well, so I'm like, why would I want to go to be part of a community that does not accept me for who I am? That I cannot be honest. I can't say I can't. I, I wouldn't be able to bring my partner or, or have a frank discussion of what my sexuality is. You know, so I, I guess that was my, one of my reasons why I, I left the church uh, a while back or so mm -hmm. and really never had anything to do with it. But I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are trying to bring back that bridge of communication of what, what it's actually meant to being an African-American and having this relationship with your church as well as, you know, HIV and poverty and all this, this information that we have to get, that and there's information about but nobody's really talking about yeah. that particular stuff that is feel like a, it's like a taboo, you know. So it's it's bringing to light this taboo. Um, and what and what we found out, um, which was also not the plan, wasn't a deliverable in the grant. But what we found out is that a lot of churches desire um, this information, right? Uh, the same way we have felt disowned and left churches with the new movement, especially with 42% of millennials that have left the black church, right? The black church is open to the conversation, in my opinion. Uh, we have about six churches that are represented uh, throughout the series and are potentially represented in the future work that we will do. Uh, and four of them are non-affirming churches. Um, and it's because I think our message is not about changing their theology. I know a lot of my community will want me to push, change your theology, accept us gays, men will lie with men, and it won't be abomination. But that's not necessarily my cross to bear. My cross is that you should move in love, um, and you should move in radical uh, compassion, right? And so I believe when we start there and we begin to see the human in humanity, then we can we can overlook that. There's no way you can, you can be a place for the sick and have a projection of one and two black gay men getting HIV. There's no way you can be a place for the hopeless and have 40% of homeless youth be LGBT. There's no way, right, you can be a place where, um, where, where, where wealth is built, where ownership is built, and um, though 83% of black people say they believe in God with unwavering faith, have... Um, 42% of millennials leave the church, right? So something is wrong. Mm -hmm. Period. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 
I sounded like a politician. Yeah, I'm not trying to. So, what does the, you know the the document series mean to you guys? You know, you guys are part of the cast as well too. Um, you guys are very involved with it. You know, what does the I, I see Aunt E is part of it, but what you guys are part of it as well too. So, uh, is this personal to you guys as well too? Do you guys feel the same way? Like that the church has just abandoned you? Yeah, uh, it's very personal. Ian is my son, and so he had me tell my story. I've been living with HIV for, in February will be 20 years. So I've never had a chance to talk to the person that, they don't use the word infected, but transmitted the virus yeah. um, to me. Um, and so I tell my story, but the good part is that I've never got to confront the person say anything to him, so Ian had a great idea that I write this letter to him, and that was healing for me. So even though I thoroughly didn't get to say anything to him, writing that letter through therapy and just being able to express how I felt and has been very therapeutic and very soul-searching. So to share that intimate in the uh, documentary is pretty uh, heavy, but it, it is a part of healing for me. That's one. That's the key thing that I do in the field. Yes. So uh, I'm Titan Capri. Um, for me, the documentary was similar to what Nathan stated. Um, I am this year 14 years positive, and um, I had said to Ian that I was going to take this to my grave. And basically, Ian was like, you know, I think you should tell your story. <laughs> and you to tell your story. And I was like, no, nah, I don't want to. And he was like, yeah, I think you should. So it was one of those things that I think is time, right? Uh, as Ian stated earlier, there's a lot of um, kids, there's a lot of young individuals that are coming up that are not uh, necessarily part of the church. They go to church, but they're not part of the church. Why? Because we're not accepted like that in the church. Like you said, I can't sit next to my partner. I can't do this and so forth and so on. But I think this is a message that needs to be heard, that we're not just broken, right? right? We, we, we are people of love. We have families. We have lives and things like that. And we can coexist, right, in the church, the same as anybody. We're, we're no different. And so I think for me in a documentary, that was the eye-opener that I saw other individuals that were affected by this, like I am, and then also I've seen other positive individuals living lives and doing things and still being God-fearing and still loving God and loving the church as well. So that's what it did for me on that. Thank you for sharing. That's, no you know, it's, it's very powerful to share that, you know, that somebody has HIV. Right. And um, it's very personal. It's something that you, you I think everybody has that mentality that I'm going to take this to the grave. I don't care. I'm not going to tell anybody. That, is that stigma that people are afraid of, you know, and I think we should just, we, we all as a society, um, we all need to get better at this right. and making sure that we address this. So I'm so glad that you guys are bringing awareness to this stigma as well, too, of, of both, like, you know, the African community, the churches, as well as being, you know, HIV positive, because we all know that you guys are being affected, people of color, or I have a higher chance of being infected than a, a white person. And so, and that's just not, it's not because of anything, it's just really poverty. You know, lack of education, lack of information, 
lack of clinics in the city, in, in the area that, that um, predominantly are, are people of color that we see, if we can get the churches to say, hey, this is happening, you guys go get tested. You know, we need to start talking about this stuff. So if we can have the churches start addressing it, because people do go to church, you know, and then we do see that, but that people are infected in churches and they don't want to, because they, they're, they're afraid to tell the pastor I'm HIV positive or what, you know, being afraid of coming down with that stigma of well, don't sit next to this person, this person yeah. has HIV, you know. And I, and I just, uh, I want I want Kimmy to talk because she has a really powerful uh, powerful piece in the docu series and in the premiere of what we're going to show in the documentary. But just for clarity, HIV is a racial issue, right? Yeah. It's racism at its core. It's structural racism at its core. Uh, it is no reason why Black and Brown communities are affected, right, uh, by HIV in the way that it is. It's a political, structural, racist issue right and what place do we have right what place do black people have that they go to on at least a monthly basis right in groves in droves right the church right and the fact that the place that we have as our safe space refuses to accept that this is a racist issue this is not a homosexual issue right i'm a black gay man and though i'm not living with hiv most of the people that I talk to are not necessarily identifying as queer, right? Yeah. The reality is this is a racist issue. And I, I, have, I find real, a real problem with, if a, if, if a club tells me that they're not testing or posting some, I can curse on here? Yes, Posting yes. <laughs> some shit about, um, <laughs> posting some shit about HIV or mental health or substance use, I don't go to the motherfucking club, okay? So I can't go to a place where I convene that is supposed to love on me and supposed to heal me and supposed to build me up, and we can't talk about sex? Mm. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's exactly why we're here, you know, to talk about this stuff, and it, it makes you hot, I see. You know, and you're so passionate about it. And I want that. I, I want that. You know, that, that's what's needed. That passion is needed in the community. Because the more that we stay quiet, the more that this is going to continue to happen to us. You know, and, and us as a community, not us as, in, as, a, as a race. But we need to, you know, we have to put two and two together. And as you said, this is a racial, you know, epidemic that this is affecting you guys more than anything. And, you know, and we see that. We see that time and time again. It's just not in the South, you know? Go ahead. You're, you're, you have the spotlight. Um, and if I get emotional, I don't need nobody saying anything. <laughs> anytime I talk about this, I get emotional. Um, but for me, I am a millennial, of course, and I was raised in a household that was 100% die-hard, non-denominational Christian. Uh, my grandmother raised me, and she was the mother of the church. So I hid the fact that I enjoyed being in the company of another woman for a very, 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 very long time. Um, so for me, yes, it is personal and it was therapy because I was able to share a story um, about me attempting suicide and dealing with those demons and also learning to be okay with who I am as a lesbian woman. So it is extremely personal. And to add to that, I have also retreated to 
realizing that my heart is the church. You know what I mean? So right. I don't necessarily <coughs> attend a church service. However, I am a, a believer. I got diagnosed uh, two years ago. Actually, will be yeah, two years ago. I diagnosed in April, and um, it's been it was a life changing. First, I was I, I shouldn't be alive today if if it was for if it wasn't for the drugs and the medication. And knowing your status is so important because I didn't have to suffer this. My T cell count was um, at ten when I first got diagnosed, which is like zero is the lowest and 800 is the highest and i'm out of 10. and so that tells you that i was so sick and so knowing your status and that's because i was afraid as well too to know my own status and that's what i want to that's the whole reason why for this podcast is to bring more awareness about knowing your status and knowing that hiv is not a death sentence but um we do have to control it and so you equals you undetectable equals untransmittable so once you on a on a regimen you become untransmitted you can't pass it to anybody else but how do you know that you can't pass it or how do you know that you're hiv um, negative is by continuing taking blood tests every three months so going to your doctor if you're sexually active continue taking prep or ask about prep to your physician if that's um, something that you're interested in it does help for people who like to have um natural sex and you know it, the, there's people who are out there who, who, who want this and so we have the opportunity to be able to um, have frank conversations with people who are currently taking prep people who have been a long time hiv positive who have been living it for 30 plus years 20 plus years we want to you know bring the conversation back to the community we want to be able to Make sure that the community knows that HIV doesn't have a fate. It's all of us. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. In 2005, I had a close family member die to HIV. And I, to be honest with you, I'm still probably not even supposed to know it. Uh, in fact, the only reason I know it is because of angry family member said it in anger and it slipped out and that's how i found out and that's why i'm so passionate about this podcast because i'm tired of people like me family who would support and who would have loved on my cousin she died alone she died in the hospital bed completely alone because i didn't know and because i was too busy playing basketball than being with my cousin and I'm very passionate about what Josh Michael does. He wants to change the world. And I hope all of you uh, contact him. And that's why I'm so extremely passionate about this podcast. I, but I suffer every day that I let my cousin die alone because 2005 made me an ally. But I shouldn't have to go through death like that to become an ally. All of us should be allies. That's my story. And that's why Josh is doing this podcast. And that's why we're here. I've had enough, had enough. It's a minefield in my mind, and I'm headed for destruction. Mama, tell me it's all right before I turn to nothing.